the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in northern New Jersey. On the mic with my brother, Sven, and my cousin, Kyle. Do you guys know what song I heard pumping at the gym today? I'll give you a hint. It's a 1985 classic by Mr. Mister. And it goes, Give me a lazy on the road that I must travel. I mean, I now we can't answer the question because you just answered it. I don't know that one. I got, way, I got way too excited. I was born in 92. Uh, that is correct. So I don't know. If, if you heard it, you would know what it is. I'm sure I would. I mean, I know. I mean, I'm not like an ignorant, but at the same time, you know, I also don't know certain songs from the 80s or the 70s that most people do. No, you should listen to this one, honestly, because it, it, it pumps you up. Like, I definitely threw up a couple extra extra reps once it, once it came on. I couldn't believe it. I was I can I was always, I can we'll always play it. Those. We'll play it at the bachelor party before we go out. Wow. <laughs> wow. I just yes. have the house bumping. Wow. To Mr. Mista. Mr. Mista. Mr. Mista. That's the Mr. Mista lady. <laughs> what movie is that from? The it's Mr. Mista lady. It's Adam Sandler. I can tell. I know that. Do you know or no? It's Adam Sandler. I know that. The Mr. Mista lady. Uh, oh my God. Is that, is that just go with it? No. Oh. I'm ashamed. Oh, God. I'm ashamed. Sounds like a terrible Adam Sandler movie, not like a good, like, Billy Madison. Happy Gilmore. It's Happy, Happy Gilmore, Gilmore, right? Okay. Oh, that is oh, a good yeah, one. Oh, yeah, Mr. Mista. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Sorry. Oh, God. That's embarrassing. It's okay. Just sit, sit the next one out. <laughs> so it got me thinking about, uh, about 80s music and how incredible and ridiculous at the same time some of, some of that stuff is and, and how it always took me back to movies like Power of Love, Back to the Future. I always picture the skateboard, grabbing onto the car. Um, just going to list a few and then obviously you guys, I mean, chime in here. King of Wishful Thinking, Go West. Wow, that's a great song, actually. Uh, remake, remake of that, though, was actually just as good by, oh, God. Who did the remake of... Um, and it's all downhill from me. I, I told you to sit the next one out. Oh. Newfound, newfound, newfound Glory. Glory. Thank you. Yeah, it was Newfound Glory. It's fantastic. Sorry. It's Sorry. fantastic. This one's for you, St. Elmo's Fire. Ooh, it's a great one. I've never seen the movie, though. Cross the wildest streets. I can feel St. Elmo's Fire burning in me. It's a great song. The song is great. I it's just great never seen the movie. It's a great movie, too. We should sing that, uh, that solo. Solo, we can't hear you. I'm sorry, I muted myself. I was singing continuously, but I muted my microphone for good reasons. Voice of an angel, same as um as Podrick in the in the last episode. I actually thought he had a nice voice. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, was like, I was blown away. Better than Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah, true. And yeah, better acting because Ed Sheeran's acting was terrible. In that. Uh, Toto Africa, my, minus the terrible remake that they just did. They they should have never touched that song. I'm the sorry. Weezer tra- rendition. I like Weezer, but stay away from, from Toto Africa in the same Yeah, game. I kind of agree. Yeah, no. No, no. Um, just a few others that because I was so pumped about this. Uh, Raspberry Beret by Prince. That is wow. my absolute jam. It was did not it was know. Career. What? I don't know what. I did not know it was called Raspberry Beret. Raspberry Beret. <laughs> if you don't know what it is, it doesn't make sense. But now that you know it's Raspberry Beret, it, you hear yeah. it. It's amazing. It was like his three-year anniversary. We passed away like the other. I think it was Easter, Easter Sunday or the Saturday. It was a three. Oh man, it's unbelievable. <laughs> One of the saddest days is watching the fact that he died. I it's it's very sad. Him and David Bowie actually shook me up. Yeah, those were game David changers. Bowie. Yeah. Wow. R.I.P. I watched. Uh, I missed the 
Mr. Anton. Ah, the prestige of the day. Mr. Angel. Wow. It's a great Angel. Yeah, Angel. So good. But obviously, we can't talk about Phil Collins because that will be an entire episode in itself. Oh, totally. Love it. Fantastic. Which, which leads us, obviously, of course, right to Game of Thrones fantasy draft. After two weeks, here are the standings. I am currently in last place, 14 points. Um, you know, a few of my characters were not in this past episode. Rough. That just means that they're going to live longer and get me more points later on. That's fine. Or, or die next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, 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 what you benefit from is that you have two characters that are not currently at Winterfell. So you know that you're going to have at least two. And any, any listeners, any listeners who have not watched the past episode or two, sorry. No, no, I don't feel sorry at all. Sorry. I feel a little sorry. It happens. I mean, it doesn't, but it, it shouldn't, but it does. I mean, sometimes you're on, sometimes you're off, you know? Sometimes. Don't, I don't know what that, I don't, I don't know that one. You're on in Cersei. What's uh, Oh, clever. Over your head. Wow. Over yeah, your ginger head. A little bit. I didn't get it, but he was probably thinking that all day. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, somebody please say it. Just came to me very spontaneous. And then um, in first place, the other, the third individual of this podcast, uh, bro- uh, brother. That's right. So uh, that told me crap though. Congrats. The congrats. more points you get, more points like the more appearances. So, but we all have everyone. Most a lot of people are at Winterfell this <laughs> this week. I can't wait. Apparently, it's the biggest battle and longest battle in a TV show or movie of History. all time. It's yeah. going to be 82 minutes is the of, episode. Of nine minutes is the episode. It's amazing. Yes. The whole thing's going to be a battle. Even the next episode is going to be a battle. I'm literally, I'm like, because sh- then there's still three episodes left after this. Like, what in God's... Like, I, I may have to call it work on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, like, recoup. I may have to rewatch it, like, ten more times. It's hard, though, because you get so amped from the episode, and then yeah. it takes a while. you got to talk about it, and you yeah. got to calm down. And, Decompress. Oh, yeah. my God. Drink some chamomile. Like, it's... Yeah. And then it's over. It's an emotional roller coaster, and then all of a sudden, it'll just... The yeah. show will be over, and we'll move on to the spinoff, which, that's fine. And I'm looking forward to Sunday nights right now. Oh, Sunday. It's amazing. Yeah, then you stay yeah. at the wall. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We're on most podcast platforms, including iTunes. Today, we're going to discuss the 2018 running back final standings versus the ADP and some strategies to deploy similar to how we spoke about the quarterbacks. So 2018 as a whole was a really good year for running backs that were drafted early. I'm going to throw a stat at you guys and then take take with it what you will. In PPR leagues, eight of the final 11 running backs were actually drafted as top 11 running backs, which speaks to loading up on running back talent yeah. the first few rounds. It, I mean, it's the stats. It's, it shows it right there. Like that, we were just we were just talking about it before the episode that the top 10 running, like you just said, there, that's that's unheard of that you draft that many running backs, top 10, and they all finish in the top 10, the majority. Yeah, the only one, the only one that in some leagues was, you know, obviously depending on your league. James Conner. Was, was, yeah, well, I was going to say James Conner, but then the other one who could have snuck in there um, would have been James White. Because James White for a bulk of the year was a running back one. Yes. Um, then he tailed off those last, you know, two or three games. Um, Sonny Michelle started to have a huge impact. So James White's, um, you know, role in that offense kind of diminished, um, which kind of worries people, I think, for next year. But 
anyway, uh, yeah, the top 10, it purely signifies my thought process and what I preach as much as possible in July and August is I know you want to go best player available. I know DeAndre Hopkins is available with the 11th pick in the first round. You want to go, yeah, yeah you want to go Julio Odell. I am firmly, ag- I am, I am firmly going running back, running back. And I, or at least running back best player available. I need to get my top, my top tier running back. I need to make sure that I sew up the position. The, the strength of that position is very low after the 16th to 18th uh, running back off the board. And I have to make sure that I sew up the position. Um, but this year showed us that that's exactly the case, whether it's Todd Gurley, whether it's Joe Mixon. I mean, it's a top 10 running back drafted was a top 10 finisher. It's ridiculous. It's, it's almost like it, it's unfortunate if you, are in like a 14 team league and you have like, and you have the 14th pick. You, you really hope that a lot more of those wide yeah. receivers like DeAndre, Julio, Michael Thomas, they're all off the board so that you can at least solidify yourself with, with hopefully a Joe Mixon. Well, a David Johnson, obviously depending on who everyone's drafting. Well, the thing is about that is that like, there are people who will fight me tooth and nail on saying, you know, I can build a fantasy team that has the best players available and that I will win. It doesn't matter what position they are. And they're probably right. You know, they can find Chris Carson in the fourth round who turns out to be a top 20 running back. I mean, Philip Lindsay with our last pick who turns out to be a top 15 running back, but you know, I, I get it. You want to take Julio Jones at, at number 12, or you want to take, you know, Juju Smith Schuster at number 13. I get it. Okay. I feel the same way you do. And if all the running backs are off the board and the value is completely gone at running back there, then I'd have to consider. But if Melvin Gordon is sitting there, oh, Mixon is sitting there, I'm going to take them at 12. I oh, yes. Call. It's just not. And the stats prove it. So that's my – I mean, that's how I feel. And that will never change. <laughs> so. No, that's great because a lot of people too, which I, I think is a shame – in drafting that they just go by the rankings. They just go by the, the ADP prior to prior to the draft, right? The lead up, who's going to be a top 10 running back. Oh, Oh, this guy's up next. Let me, uh, let me pick him. And, and this past year, it actually worked because they were, they finished in the top 11. Right. Those it's almost like playing people. a bad poker player. Oh, you know, like, like, yeah, exactly. Like they're just like, Oh, I'll call, I'll, I'll do this, whatever. But like they end up winning because they're bad. <laughs> so yeah, sorry. What's well, good though? No, the football, it's a long season, right? And and players get hurt, and strategy from the team perspective changes. So you gotta you gotta watch, you gotta monitor, which is always a message. You know, we try and we try and preach. But those those other three running backs are two of the three running backs that you mentioned before, Kyle, that finished in the top eleven: James Conner, James White, and Tariq Cohen. They finished in the top eleven because of the situation that presented itself, and obviously their ability to capitalize on the opportunity. Because well, once we yeah. heard about Le'Veon Bell, right? Who was the next man up? James Conner. Uh, that happened to somebody I, I know. Yeah. But they, but they didn't pick James Conner. It's okay. Hold on. Yeah. Look at, look into a mirror. <laughs> Got <it>. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, in New yeah, England. I, you'll I, see I, the culprits. In New England, Sonny Michelle was a little banged up before the season. You don't know what's going to happen. James White's been there. He stepped up before. I think that was a little tougher of a situation to read, obviously. And Tariq Cohn was, was kind of a tough situation, too, because you didn't necessarily know what Matt Swaggy Maggie was going to bring to the table. Now you know that he's one of the most creative play callers and, and best offensive minds in the game. And he didn't actually dominate touches, which I think was very unique. He took advantage of the few touches that he got. Yeah. I mean, Tariq Cohen is, Tariq Cohen is based purely on his efficiency. Um, that's why he, he will never be a round two, round three guy. 
And as much as he will have that impact in the offense, I believe in 2019, because it's just him and Mike Davis for now. Um, it's because the fact that he needs to continue that efficiency for him to be to hold his value. But I'm completely fine with that because I have all the faith in the world that Tariq Cohen is going to be efficient. I have all the faith knowing that I'm going to draft him as running back 17 and he's going to finish as running back 11. I just, I know that because of how Nagy's going to use him and what his impact in that offense has been since he was drafted. Um, but I can't say the same about some of these running backs towards the later part of the first round. You know, obviously we're talking about 2018, um, but it's, it's hard to look at the 2018 stats and not think about where they could go in 2019. So. No, that's a good point, right? Because we're, we're leading up to the, to the yeah. draft and the depth on who's going to get drafted, who's going to be where. So, of yeah, course. It's hard not to. I mean, you know, the, the, the sexy pick in someone like Nick Chubb, for example. I mean, a guy who finished in the top, what, 15? Um, you know, he, he, his impact in that later part of the year was so strong that why not take him with your 11th pick or 12th pick in the first round? From week seven on, he was running back eight. Yeah, he was good, real good. <laughs> you just, you guys just mentioned about um, well, Kyle, like uh, his what 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 Terry Cohen can do based on what he's given. Alvin Kamara is another ex- oh is yeah another prototype of that. So Alvin Kamara finished fourth in PPR. Zeke finished right after him, and Zeke had three hundred and seventy touches, and Alvin Kamara only had two seventy. Oh my goodness. Uh, so, holy crap, Alvin Kamara. I mean, you're an absolute freak. But, I mean, there you go. It just goes to show you that, yes, opportunity. And so he makes the best of his opportunities. Well, yeah, and I want the most efficient running back on the field. That's what I want. Um, I, I don't – you know, it's, it's easy to take on a running back who's going to get 20 carries a game because that's just how they formulate it. But are they going to be efficient in doing so? And that's, that's where we draw the line is running backs from bad teams – I don't like running backs that only rely on, um, you know, the amount of carries that are going to get not a huge fan. I like efficient running backs. However, there is a caveat with efficient running backs because what happens when they're not efficient and the, the amount of carries and the amount of targets is not there. They are worth zero. So look at, look at, so the giants, <clears throat> Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, um, who else? David Johnson and Joe Mixon. So those guys, their teams did not make the playoffs, right? Yeah. And they all finished in the top 10. Which is very – it doesn't happen often. McCaffrey and Barkley dominated, and they yeah. both tied for first, and their teams did not even make the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, that obviously if you're on a crap team, like, it just – I mean, it, it sucks. But it also goes to show you that – I mean, if you're a freak, you're a freak. Yeah, obviously, if you're the bell cow, if you're the central part of that offense and you're the bell cow, you're going to get your touches. You're going to make an impact. However, you know, the truth is is that that's an anomaly. We don't see that in most years. No, no, we don't. Most years, the top 12 running backs, like 10 out of the 12 are from playoff teams. It's just just how it works because they have the ability to run the ball whenever they want because they always have the lead. I mean, that's – I like winning teams who – and I like drafting their running backs – so the thing is, is, you know, someone like Joe Mixon next year is going to be a hard, it's going to be a tough sell for me. No you know, Marvin Joe, Lewis. I know, but <laughs> he's, he's on a team that's going to be bad and they're going to be playing from behind. And I just, I don't like that. I don't, I just don't like it. Personally. David Johnson too, for me, but I, kind Oh of yeah. David Johnson's another one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. 
with oh, I'm a void. I, well, we'll get into that at a later. We'll get into that at a later yeah. date. But um, yeah. anyway, another interesting point is a running back situation that's not necessarily clear on a good offensive team, such as the Packers with the Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams situation, or on the Houston Texans, a playoff team with Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller's coming back, but they have Lamar Miller. I mean. Aaron Jones and Lamar Miller last year finished just outside the top 20. But in a situation like this where it's not necessarily the coach coming out saying this guy's going to be the starter week in, week out, you kind of almost have to play these guys as a flex. And then you're, you're almost, you know, flipping a coin essentially, right? Well, yeah. So I love, I love that actually. I love the fact that there, when there's uncertainty at a position and you can exploit it. Okay. So it's a winning team, a team like Seattle, for example, or a team like, I'm trying to think of a team that's up there. Um, even a team like New England. You know, you see a crowded backfield. You see a crowded wide receiver core, and you plant your flag. You say, you know what? I'm putting all my chips behind the fact that, you know, someone like Aaron Jones in Green Bay is going to be the starting running back. I'm going to put all of my chips behind Chris Carson, and he's going to do it. He's going to be the number one running back. And if you did, you probably – it probably paid off for you. So I like that. I like being able to have conviction in terms of who I want for a, you know, a winning team who has a crowded backfield or a crowded wide receiver core. I like being able to throw my weight behind somebody and hope to God that it pays off because that's the way you win. You win based on those types of, you know, choices. Because otherwise you're just going to be picking the same guys everyone else is that could flame out or, or, you know, are destined to get you, you know, top 10 numbers. So it's about getting those guys that no one else thinks of. Chris Carson was, a, was an incredible yeah. throwback to the days when Seattle would run the ball every play because they kind of got away from that the last couple of seasons yeah, they did. and brought it back this year. Finally, the offensive line played a little better. He finished in the top 20, and from week 10 on, he was running back eight, which is crazy because he wasn't drafted as a top 20 running back going into the season. I, I still couldn't believe this season that he had. I think he was ranked uh, preseason the 31st running back. So yeah. he finished 15, top 15 in some, like, depending on your league. Uh, I know in a PPR standard, yeah, I think he finished top 15. Yeah. You struck lightning in a bottle with that. I mean, if I could just talk about one person for this entire episode, it would be Todd Gurley. Um, because I am really at the point where I'm sick of hearing people say he's going to fall. He will, okay. though. That's no, no, the no, thing. But, but I don't care. Like, I don't care. If you okay, I know the health was a concern in the end of the year and it's the playoffs. He missed those what last two games. He missed week, um, he week was missed week 16 and week, missed week 17. 17 yeah. And then through the playoffs, he was injured, didn't play well. They split carries. CJ Anderson had a bigger impact. However, when he was healthy, he was the best running back in football by a wide margin. It was I mean, let me just actually. let me just read you his numbers from in PPR. From I'm just gonna start at week one. 24, 32, 27, 26, 33, 36, 31, 32, 20, 25. Okay, yeah, week, tw- week 11, you had 12 points. Then 32, and then in week 15, 34. If he's falling to me at six next year, I am going to like yeah. kiss the ground that he walks on because he's going to have an impact, okay? I, I don't understand why people are so jumping off the bandwagon. He's a good running back, a great running back on a winning team. And if he's and if he goes back to, yeah, I don't get it. I just I know the injury is a concern, but I he, don't get it. He missed those last two games and he still finished number one in standard leagues. So, yeah, he's he good. Could. 
<laughs> he's really good. And we may be seeing him at SportsCon this year. Oh. What's up? What's up, Todd? Just saying hello. And if you happen to be attending, don't forget to use our promo code, FantasyFan. Gets you 20% off admission or a VIP ticket. Wow. Wish I could go. <laughs> I mean, Europe. I know. I'm not really. I mean, I would love to go to SportsCon, and I can't wait to go. But like, I'm, I, I feel no regrets. <laughs> you can see how the better half of the world lives. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to Europe for 18 days. I can't really be that upset. Not at all. Yeah. So, anyway. But yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. Another running back I want to discuss real quick, too, because it's a similar Chris Carson situation. This is an ageless wonder, though. Adrian Peterson. Because he was drafted as the second running back, and he finished in the top 20 because of opportunity on the Redskins. Darius Gus got hurt. They had nobody. He's going to get the ball. Uh, Yeah, I've seen – and what perplexes me the most – is is that Darius Geis in some redrafts that are starting already, which don't do, everyone. If you're listening, don't do a redraft in, in freaking April, okay? <laughs> Before the <laughs> Like, don't do a redraft <laughs> league, for the love of God. Like, I know you want to. Go do a mock somewhere. But they have Darius Geis. Some people are drafting Darius Geis, like, in the early second round. We I don't haven't get seen one. shit yet. Yeah, I don't get Darius all. Geis. I don't get it, because he's coming back from an ACL tear. He's playing for a team that's going to suck. Um, Adrian Peterson is still there, so I don't get why Darius Geis is going that early. I do like Adrian Peterson if the value is right, because they're going to, you know, kind of be a little bit. They're not going to use Geis fully in that first part of the year. They're going to let him ease back into the role, learn the offense more, and you know, get his you know foot in the door. Honestly, no pun intended. Um, oh. But yeah, but like I think Adrian Peterson's actually going to have a pretty big impact. Maybe those first like five games, but he was fantastic in 2018. Uh, he was. Absolutely incredible, and they they sucked. They were bad. Like the Redskins. I mean, actually, what? Who came in? Josh Johnson, and they actually were terrible. <laughs> I mean, the ageless Josh when, Johnson. When Josh Johnson has to come in, <laughs> but I I definitely well. agree with you on AP and this whole yeah. guys train. I am. It's all over Twitter. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, uh, guys, guys, give me all guys!" Like, okay, great. I loved him. I loved him in college, and I well, think he's going to be a good running back. Before he got hurt, he was unbelievable. Yeah, oh I, yeah, definitely. I, it's not about that. It's the fact that Washington stinks, and Adrian Peterson's still there, and he's exactly. coming back to the field I, Yeah, it's it's you have to be smart. Um, unless you're like AP, and you can actually come back from an injury as as strong and uh, yeah as as ridiculous as he did. It's. I still think AP. There was only nine running backs over a thousand yards last season. He was one of them. Yes, he was on a very, very bad team. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, I know it's a it's a possibility there. I don't think he's going to do that again, um, but I think that he could have an impact for sure. Um, especially if you're looking at a guy who could get suspended in those first. If you have a running back who's either suspended the first two games or three games, or they're hurt going into the season, you know, taking Adrian Peterson as your running back four is a really nice addition, or running back three or four is a nice is a nice addition because you start him for those first three or four games, and then if things hit the fan, then you know you get rid of him and you start who you drafted. But I, I like I like him in Washington still. Yeah, it's all about it's all about opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And he has it. Exactly, which, which kind of leads into a, a closing statement that, you know, I always try to make something, you know, leave, leave you with some, some information that you actually need to watch football. Please watch the games and monitor the depth chart. Who's hurt? What's happening? Carlos Hyde gets traded. 
you know what I did? I ran, I ran as fast as I could to my phone, which was next to me, and picked up Nick Chubb on every team. Right here. Guilty. I mean, sometimes you, you, have, you have to – I mean, I know it's tough at work and this and that, but if, if, you're, if you're monitoring your teams, Carlos Hyde's gone. Who's going to take the opportunity? Oh, it's going to be Nick Chubb. Boom. Pick him I'm up. Picking him up. The Broncos yep. have three running backs. One is Royce Freeman, who's terrible. Who's getting an opportunity? Philip Lindsay. Boom. How does he look? He looked fantastic in that game. If you didn't watch it or watch highlights, you're not necessarily going to know who that is. He, he wasn't even drafted in fantasy or in the NFL. Yeah, and then, and then you probably waited too, and then like because I, I, I mean, some people probably were just like, "All right, you know, he had one good week. I'll, I'll see. Maybe I'll wait." And then nobody picked him up, you know. And then the next week, then that was that's when it was too late, and everybody's just spending so much fab money. Yeah, two things, just to piggyback off of that, two things I will stress, and I stress it every year, especially when it comes to running backs, is or fantasy football in general, is the fact that, one, you do not win your league at the draft, okay? It is never the case. You don't win at the draft. You build a nice core. You build your team up. You get yourself through those first few weeks of the season, but you still pick up people accordingly. That is very important. And number two is that fantasy football is about two things. It is about statistics and projections, but it's also about watching the freaking games, okay? Okay, I, I love numbers. I'm a huge numbers person. I think that numbers matter, okay? They tell a story. They tell a message, okay? If a player is playing a certain way, the numbers tell you that. However, there are some things that numbers can't tell you, and that is the player's ability. It is their opportunity. It is, the, you know, the news coming out of camp. It's the news coming out of their, their team's, you know, reporters. If you're going to play fantasy football at a high level, or even if you're playing in a home league, make sure you look at those things when it comes to running backs, because those things can change each and every, every week. And there are the depth charts, you know, there are players that you don't think about in August that all of a sudden are starters in October. Perfect example, San Francisco. Oh God. No, 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 no. That's not a perfect example. I'm just saying, I'm (laughs) just saying though, like literally they started Jared McKinnon down, not Breda. You know what I mean? Like it just, it was a domino effect. And these guys, some of them actually stepped up, but like, well, Matt Breda did what he played. When he was Most, healthy, he, Mostert, he played Raheem. Raheem Mostert. Yeah, he, that's, that's going to be a – I'm just going to avoid in 20 – we'll get to that in 2019. Keep tuning in. And if you haven't heard already, you can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We're on most pa- podcast platforms, including iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher. This is the Fantasy Fam signing off. 